Hey everyone, welcome to the Opera Sky podcast. My name is Ricardo Monegas and I will be your host. On this podcast, we would like to share valuable knowledge, lessons learned, and stories from entrepreneurs, investors, and managers while running their businesses. We strive to ask the right questions and discover insight from our guests so you can apply them in your business and life right after each episode. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hi everyone, today we are talking with Susana Samborska. She is helping companies to uncover the potential of diversity and inclusion as a co-founder in BID Human and also in another big mission, connecting female angel investors with a startup with Lumus Investment. So uh, welcome, Susana. How are you doing? Thank you, Ricardo, for inviting me. And I'm doing fine, like the summer started. So, you know, summer mood is on. Um, and yeah, uh, otherwise, um, we have kind of like summer that is a little bit freer from, from the business with customers. So I will enjoy the summer. So looking forward for it. <laughs> Great, great. So uh, you already have all planned for your summer vacations or are still in progress? Uh, it's still in progress in a lot of discussions, to be honest, <laughs> because we wanted to do like a road trip uh, to France, but we need to plan for how long as uh, we have uh, nearly two years old son and like traveling with children, you know, it's much more difficult than you have to plan it. So we are still in discussion but we are about to maybe uh, visit Tour de France. So, so let's see. Uh-huh. Sounds good. So you are a fan of biking or, or your husband as well? or Yeah, yeah like our Adam, our son is, uh, you know, like uh, uh, biking uh, and he, he loves it. But it's more about like uh, Peter Sagan. He is on his last Tour de France. He's ending his career. Um, so yeah, maybe it's also the reason. And I have never been uh, during uh, Tour de France in France. Uh, so yeah, no, like few reasons. Great, great. Yeah, it sounds like a good experience to be. I think I was uh, a long time ago. I was watching more the Tour de France, like, and it was something that I really want to do. But yeah, I haven't never planned it now that I am in Prague. But I should maybe. <laughs> Um, it's closer good. So, <laughs> yeah it's closer so those was the times when I was watching the Tour de France from Venezuela so yeah it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that close um, good so Suska I, I, let's come back to, to, to talk about um, your, your work and so how do you define yourself so I see that you are working in different projects or companies so yeah what brings you to all these different areas it was passion in each of these areas and yeah how it started yeah that's that's a good question like um when i was studying at the university i was a part of uh international youth organization called isec um later on i was leading the slovak branch of uh, of isec which meant which meant like a lot of traveling um and exposure to um, to different cultures and also to the diversity uh, itself um and after that like uh 
Um, my career uh, turned into expansions. I started to help companies, mainly startups, tech startups, to expand to different markets, markets across Central Eastern Europe, North Europe, Northern Europe, Western. And then I appeared to be in the USN and living for a few months in San Francisco. And actually in, in the US, I started to um, dive deep, dive deeper into diversity, inclusion and equity. Uh, and also like the, the, um, the topic or, or the concept of BID Human started and also actually Lumus started there. Uh, and when I moved back to, to Czechoslovakia, and I'm saying Czechoslovakia because I was living in Prague, now I'm in Bratislava. And maybe I'm going back to Prague. You never know. <laughs> um, so uh, we actually co-founded these this, this two businesses. And both of them are in some way connected with diversity and inclusion and kind of impact. Because uh, since ISEG, I really knew that I want to have my own project that will bring uh, more impact to the society. That will bring uh, and help us, for example, to to discuss the biases, to, to discuss why uh, equity is important um, or why at Lumos we need more female angel investors. So um, all both projects actually leads to, to the, the impact that is going, uh, that is driving me. Great. So, and how does it look your, your week or your day in, in general? So do you have kind of defined days when you focus in one company or another or it's just as it goes <laughs> it depends uh, on on uh, on uh, activities that are currently running uh, in each project i would say uh, and also besides that like i was mentioning in the beginning that i have a son and he's nearly two years so i'm still with him on maternity leave Uh, so most of my daily activities are around Adam <laughs> and around being with him uh, and in some way and thanks to the support of, of my husband and, and my family I can also like work um, and mainly like the my I would say like mm, daily uh, daily time work goes to BID Human because there is a lot of work with customers like we are doing a lot of all workshops Uh, for multinational companies uh, in Czechia and Slovakia. We are also doing mapping and audit. So like my daily work, when I need to be actually present um, physically sometimes, uh, um, like at customer offices, uh, it's going to be the human. And then like for Lumos, I don't want to say that I'm giving my like evening times, but it's for me more, you know, like time when, maybe no, people are not uh, at the offices or you know you know you don't have to meet them because it's it's more online actually even the all for co-founders co of Lumus we are distributed like in Bratislava Prague London so we are also you know meeting usually virtually and so I would say like daily time is going to Adam and be the human and like Lumus time is more like uh, like work after after the off like you know office hours like after 6 p.m. I would say but it depends yeah Got it. So how do you, um, do you also keep this kind of physical and mental health into this process or currently you don't kind of follow any, any specific way to, to, to keep going? So how do you feel into this area? Yeah, I am trying. Uh, actually, recently I was listening to one podcast where was the author of Atomic Habits. Um, um, I don't remember now his name. His name is kind of James. Um, and he was saying that, you know, the um, 
the parent James Clear, yeah, James Clear. Exactly, James Clear. And the parenthood ones, your children are are little, are small. It's completely different period of time. And you know that for some period of your time, you don't have so much time for your own. You don't have so much, you know, couple time. You don't have, you know, like uh, time to to dedicate for your well-being uh, activities. But I'm trying. I do yoga. I still do yoga because um, even I need it for my for my back. Then we have a doggy. I'm trying to walk with him without uh, without anyone, just me, and sometimes maybe earphones and listening to some get some knowledge. Uh, but to be honest, sometimes work is also my free time, or not free time, my well being time because after all day or half day of you know being with with toddler is work something that is you know filling uh, my energy up <laughs> uh because you know you can imagine like all, all the background around the toddler and these thought rooms that are more and more uh, and shaping the personality so even work sometimes is for me um helping me to um, to increase my my well-being or or my zen Okay. Yeah, sounds good. It's, it's always good to understand yeah, the stages of of life, right? And then don't don't judge ourselves because of maybe we are not taking care of one of the areas with yeah, as much as before maybe or yeah. Exactly. You were talking about that uh you you like the topic of inclusion and diversity so but maybe before going too deep into it so can can you kind of define what is inclusion and diversity first and then we can go deeper into what what kind of activities are you doing in into this area sure happy to do so uh uh so diversity is kind of like the the fact uh you know like every one of us is different and not just the visible diversity that is coming as first to our mind you know like women men so the gender age race like racial diversity cultural diversity like all these diversities are the visible one but diversity is, it's like an iceberg you know like everything what is below the sea water is is much more so it's also diversity of your background, of your interests, of your hobbies, of your values. So, but yeah, the diversity is fact. We cannot change it. Every one of us is different. And then inclusion is kind of the act. And you decide if you will uh, consciously, because if it stays at unconscious level, unconscious level, it's, you know, like never, never full inclusion. So you decide which activities you will do uh, to include everyone, uh, and it's and then there is a tertum that I would like to explain. This is equ equality or equity. You know, like I would rather say equity because equality it tends us to do like fifty fifty, but it's not about having fifty fifty. It's about understanding uh, everyone needs in society, and based on their needs, create the solutions which everyone can use, like bicycle, you know, like we were mentioning biking. So I will give an example of bicycle. There's different bicycle for children who are starting to bike. There's different bicycle for hikes, different bicycle, bicycle for road, for women and men. And that's, that's the equity. You know, like equality would be that everyone has the same bicycle, which will not work. So these are the three terms. Uh, and... Verna Myers, who is uh, doing this agent actually at Netflix, she has a nice quote, like, 
Diversity is that you are invited to the party, but inclusion is that you are invited to dance and you are not sitting, you know, in the corner. And equity is that you can go to the DJ or to to someone, you know, who is playing music and ask for your song. So just an example from life. Great. So thanks for the analogy. It's really un, um, a good understanding of all the topic with that. Um yeah so how do you see how is the environment of diversity and inclusion and equity in in the Czech Republic and Slovakia since those are the main areas where you are currently operating right so how do you i see that there is a lot of conversations on these topics but then happening from conversation to application so how do you feel what is happening in the market Yeah, um, like the markets are surely similar. I would say like uh, for Czechia, um, for example, the cultural diversity because of the percentage of expats living in, in Czechia, mainly in like big cities like Prague and Brno, is is much bigger. Uh, you know, like in Slovakia is around 2.2% of expats. In Czechia is around like 14% plus. So you see like that's a huge difference. Um, but... In both countries, I would say it's a lot up about gender diversity and discussing, you know, like um, equal pay, uh, discussing the equal or equitable opportunities for women and men, like uh, is discussing the um, class pyramid, which means that you have a lot of women uh, at, you know, like lower position. But if you go up in the hierarchy uh, at companies, it's more and more men like like banks are a typical example, like uh, like um, at branches of banks, you meet a lot of women. But if you go to the sea level, there is not so many, not so much women. Uh, so like in Czechia and Slovakia is a lot about gender diversity and also about the agent of parents um, uh, and parental leave. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, discussions are happening and... And I would say also more and more companies are working with the topic. Unfortunately, it's still more topic of multi multinational companies than also like smaller companies because what we hear like a lot from like smaller companies like small and medium enterprises is that it's not topic for us. You know, we are too small. We don't have any diversity. But, you know, like it's really that they see just just the top of the iceberg. They just see, you know, like the, the visible diversity. And like when we, for example, mention manufacturing company, one type of diversity is manufacturing department versus like office. And there is a huge, you know, diversity between them because, you know, you cannot go for home office for people who are working directly uh, and manufacturing while office people have it. So it's also type of the diversity we have like in IT companies, IT and uh, like versus non-IT employees or front and back office. Uh, so yeah, it's it's more and more, but unfortunately, staying still at multinational companies and smaller companies don't realize where these topics is actually rooted and how to tackle it. Okay, and let's say you have the chance now to talk with a small and mid-sized company. So, what are your recommendations? Where to start on this area? So, what what should be the initial steps? that they should take if they are interested into entering into this discussion and, of course, applying some of your advice. 
Yeah, so like every topic starts, you know, with the awareness, you know, um, if you are implementing any any topic in the company, you start with awareness, then you have knowledge and then you have mastership. Um, so starting with awareness, uh, also for the side of the employer, you kind of need to know where you are. So I was said that you should start with some kind of mapping or audit in the beginning where you will do qualitative and quantitative research, or maybe you have some volume quantitative data from engagement service, and you should do some you know, focus groups and one-on-ones interviews and to understand where are you currently at this topic, the diversity and inclusion, and understand where you are actually connected with employees on which topic because what companies or which mistakes companies usually do is that they, they start like where we are different you know so they start uh, with kind of like okay let's tell talk about diversity uh, and talk where we are different but you should start where you are you know same and take it from there and which agenda is the strongest for the company and based on, on the data that you get from the employees to create the agenda, create the plan. Um, if I should mention like particular activities that are working the, maybe the best uh, at companies, what we see, I would say it's employee resource groups. Employee resource group is a group of, um, you know, like employees where, you know, they they create around a topic. It can be gender, it can be age. It can be LGBTQ plus, uh, and they have, they work because they go from bottom to up uh, to the top. So you know, employees are the ones who are coming with the initiatives uh, at that employee resource group, and they are organizing it. Um, that's one of the activities that is working really well. And the other I will surely mention is unconscious biases, and do any activities that are helping to conscious your unconscious biases because. Um, you know, like unconscious biases are the beginning at the end of this topic. Uh, even sometimes when we enter the company or and when I start discussion with someone, you know, like uh, they, they start, we cannot, you know, call this training diversity and inclusion because, you know, people will have biases and they will not attend it. Um, so I would say like discussing and trainings and workshops or any programs that help you to, uh, to go deep into the biases um, are great to uh, to really start because you know like biases are something that that are historically explained like something which is not known to us which is unknown uh, we are afraid of it so we need to you know go through the experience discuss it you know meet with um, younger older employees younger older colleagues meet different cultures and in that way it's you know going to your conscious uh conscious side so these two like employee resource groups and work with the biases are like particular activities that i would you know like go as as maybe first with within the company after the after the mapping or audit got it and yeah Based on, on what you're mentioning, so what that would be the yeah the key benefits for a small and mid-sized companies to yeah to include this into their agenda? So how would you approach that? Apart from of course, let's say apart from starting this audit, what would be the two or three key benefits that you can mention in how their business can change if they are more 
diverse. So how how do you feel into that? What are the if you have just two, two or three phrases to mention in why they should do this? Because maybe that will help for someone to to take more awareness and start implementing changes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I usually, you know, like uh, explain, but like if I should mention like maybe four points, the first one is surely employee branding on employee experience, you know, based on the research of Glassdoor, like more than um, 60 or 70% of active or passive people who are searching for the job has diversity and inclusion as one point that is crucial for them. You know, they will even ask the company. So then also surely like decreasing the fluctuation Um, and uh, working with the talent of of people you currently have, because we all know that there are, you know, like less and less people on the on the labor market that we can attract. And what companies usually do, you know, they focus to attract new people and don't work with the with the current talent they have. And diversity and inclusion can really help them to work with the current. Uh, talent and last but not least it's surely reflected also in the products you do like if you you know have a diverse employees you can understand the diverse needs of your customers and create diverse products now just have iphone as an example you have a smaller iphone and bigger iphone and why is that because you know there is a you know female or child hand which needs a smaller version and you know have a bigger hand of, of man So that's one example. So if you have within your company diverse employees, you can reflect diverse needs of your customers. Uh, when I was mentioning these employee resource groups, um, they uh, a lot of companies even create employee resource group of, for example, Generation Z. It's like a, a huge discussions about these generations, generation. And they want to address this generation with new products. So this employee resource group created out of the people you want to target can help you to do great marketing, to help you to design a new product for them because they understand their needs. They understand the profiles of people you want to talk with, you want to you know sell to. Mm -hmm. So if I understood you well, so you would try to approach it from the point of view that uh, inclusion and diversity is not only about the, the a good environment of work inside the company, but it also brings a lot of opportunities to expand your reach as a company and to be open to to create more products for distinct niches and distinct type of people, right? Because each of them have different needs. So is that correct? Exactly. And respond to diversity of markets. You know, like uh, currently the diversity is everywhere. It's in customers, employees, markets, suppliers. You know, so diversity just starts with diversity of employees. And this is also one of the things that companies don't realize. And even when we ask, like, you know, C-level management, like, What is the impact of diversity? You know, they usually don't think in the, in the they don't see the wall cycle where the diversity can go. Okay. And yeah, now talking about you, you have been mentioning like at least in the in the spectrum of of gender diversity that that of course uh, there are less women involved in C level positions compared to lower positions right uh, so 
yeah, what would be the ideal um, composition of a company in in decision makers or in C-level, right? So for what would be your recommendation how to kind of balance this? Is there any frameworks into how to achieve this in, and, and have a, a more diverse group of C-level people? Because as you're mentioning in banking, if you go and see the pictures of all the C-level people, it's mainly men and and why people. So it's like, how do you feel into that part? Yeah, is I assume it's not only just to put people there because of their gender or or their um, nationality or something, but it's yeah. more because, of course, it needs to come from merit as well, right? But it's kind of how to balance that. What is your advice into that part? It's kind of, um, uh, it sounds so easy, the question, but the answer is, you know, like uh, complicated and it's, you know, like for, you know, you do this and you have that. Uh, Like diversity is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Uh, And the result of diverse board is work of like many years. Uh, If you don't want to do it exactly like we need 50-50, so we, you know, fire a little bit of men and we hire women. (laughs) It's not like it works. Like why actually is currently like that? I was mentioning the biases and biases that start, they start on a personal level, but unfortunately they don't stop just there. They go into the society uh, and, you know, like, for example, the number of female politicians or female investors is because of the biases of female founders that are funded because uh, what it's, what you can see in the companies that's happening a lot is likability bias. We select someone who is similar to us. You know, if you are thinking about your successor, who do you envision? You know, you envision someone who is similar to you and it's not going, you know, to just to qualities, but usually it's, it's to men also. And, uh, there are like different tools how how you can you know like change it. There is a sponsorship program that it's working quite well at the companies. It's like mentoring, um, but it's going further that the sponsor, the person that is your sponsor, is helping uh, even women or someone who is from you know it's called like underrepresented groups uh, uh, to diversify, for example, the board is helping you also with, with lobby um, at the company, helping you to, to get higher positions because what also happens sometimes at companies that if there is a new position, higher position, the specific group of people know about that, knows about it. So, you know, like these sponsors is not just giving you advices and mentoring you and encouraging you, but is also doing a lobby at the company for you. That's one way how you can surely you know, like change it and increase. And one thing that they did, uh, if I can mention one case study, and it's funny, it's from Boston Orchestras. Uh, and in 30 years of the last century, um, they realized they have only like 2%, 2% of well, female like musicians. And they understand that it's maybe also they are men and they consciously and sometimes unconsciously surely select men. So they started with blind recruitment. So the, the, the people who were coming for interview, they were performing behind the wall. They needed to take their shoes off because, you know, like uh, women were walking on high heels. And currently the situation is that there is around 40% uh, um, of women at orchestras. 
So companies actually took this blind recruitment where you hide the basic information like the the gender, the age, um, you know, like the picture, uh, the country you are coming from, uh, all all these you know personal info you hide, and 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 they evaluate based on that. And I am not telling that it's the you know the only right answer going from this blind recruitment, and you should select based on that only. But it's also giving you guidance, and it's usually unbiased because you know you don't evaluate based on the first impression you don't have any anchor you don't have any likability bias but you select based on the experiences yeah so glad that you shared that case so that sounds really good yeah I, i assume that well i mean i am not sure if i'll leave this kind of biases in my in my life as an immigrant or in in the czech republic right but um yeah i assume it's a common problem like Yeah, yeah. If if people is knowing your name and is not local or stuff like that, right? That's that's maybe uh, something that have discouraged someone from hire you and so on, right? Um. Yeah. So uh, maybe we should go into into what are the specific um, solutions that you are offering as BID human. So, um, yeah, you mentioned that you are doing these audits as a first step for companies. Uh, what are the next steps? So what are the products that you are offering and services? Yes, you, um, like the, the long, the deepest and the most complex version is surely the audit or the mapping. We sometimes rather call it mapping, DNA mapping, where we really go like into, you know, checking uh, the whole employee lifecycle, checking all the department, not just HR, but also marketing, CSR uh, products. Uh, and we have, you know, discussion with uh, the, um, the whole company. And out of that, the company will get like a year business plan with all the activities across the employee lifecycle. They will also get networking plan. So who is responsible and also how to measure the activities. Um, the next is surely with a lot of workshops and education, like a lot of awareness. Um, and the most frequent topics are unconscious biases, unconscious biases in hiring process, um, inclusive management or inclusive leadership. Uh, gender diversity, age diversity. Actually, age diversity is a kind of um, hard topic for us, you know, like um, uh, because uh, everyone is talking so much about gender diversity, but based on all the data we currently have, age diversity will be you know, a huge topic because we are getting older. The first time in the history, there is more people over 65 than children under five years. Or, you know, like first time uh, at the companies, five generations, five different generations meet and you need to understand their needs and do this age management. So, yeah, age diversity and and a lot. So, like workshops um, and inclusive language also, like how to really communicate inclusively, not just, you know, like via emails or but also from customer experience. So how customer support should communicate inclusively with the customers. And last but not least is our game. Uh, actually, like three years ago, we created a diving game that helps uh, through storytelling and gamification uh, create a discussion, awareness uh, about diversity and inclusion. 
uh, actually we created a physical board game, but then COVID started, so we had to turn it into like online form. It was really simply online form, but currently we are actually developing website app uh, out of this game uh, where you can have like multiplayer game, but also single player. So during the onboarding, some companies need uh, to transit uh, information about DNI. Uh, to the to the employees, or but also what should be in this game is measuring the level of biases, so you can see you know the level of biases within the company and how it's progressing. So I would say like these three pillars: so mapping, workshops, and our our game, our own product. And yeah, you mentioned well, we have been talking about a lot of that. There are different type of diversities, right? So can you? Is this something that you can list now? Like <laughs> you, you mentioned age diversity, of course, gender diversity is quite the big topic now, but as you're mentioning, age diversity is quite important as well. So is there any other any other type of diversity that you can mention? It's kind of like nine, um, like the basic typological typological typologically or, or is nine. <laughs> uh, it's gender, age, uh, culture, uh, racial, racial you are born with, and cultural, the difference is that you are born, surely, but uh, every every country, every city, every company you work uh, has different culture, you know, like school you, you attend. So cultural diversity is developing with you all your life. Then we have LGBTQ+, religion, education. Um, we have uh, inclusion of handicapped employees, Currently, it's called like people with um, different abilities. Uh, they change it from for for this because usually, like people who um, you know, for example, have uh, versa listening skills, they have much better vision skills. So they change it to this uh, this name, like uh, people with different abilities. And last but not least, it's neurodiversity, uh, and it's about like different. Uh, structure of your brain uh, and within this neurodiversity there is autism, ADHD, dyslexia, digital stress, but also anxiety. Uh, so in this way also the topic of well-being is connected with diversity and inclusion because you know like anxiety it was a huge topic during the COVID um, and the neuro neurodiversity is as a topic really growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is your feeling with based on your experience running the company and collaborating with different companies? Which is the most common issues that people are more aware that they need to fix as soon as possible on this time? So it's only about gender diversity or is or is about the anxiety of running the business in, in this time? So how do, what is your feeling into that? Yeah, like surely like the gender topic is still huge. Like age diversity is finally, you know, like on, on the increase. Um, the, the most discussed topic is uh, how to build bridges, you know, between generation and huge focus has now Gen Z because, you know, like uh, they are completely different than uh, millennials. And uh, based on the on the data and their characteristics, you know, they really uh, have work life. I don't want to say balance because, you know, if you say balance, it's always time about balancing. It's more about alignment 
and they and they know when to end the war again. What I hear a lot of from the companies is that they don't appreciate that they work for these huge brands, and they don't want to work overtime and so on. Uh, so there is in gender in age diversity is a huge discussion about Gen Z. And then uh, surely LGBTQ+, like in Slovakia, there was this terrorist attack happening at, at Zamoska Street. So this topic is currently uh, more and more frequent in Slovakia. And I know in Czechia it's, uh, it's also like, it's also um, big topic, but more years than, than in Slovakia, as uh, Slovakia, is also, uh, Slovakia is also more Catholic and more traditional country. And last but not least is surely also neurodiversity, um, because if you imagine, you know, uh, and not talking about anxiety, uh, and, but if you are talking about people with ADHD or autism uh, and you see how is currently the hiring process, they have, they need completely different, you know, evaluation or hiring process that we are currently having as companies. You know, you have the same hiring process for people who are not neurodiverse uh, with the people who are neurodiverse. And yeah, anxiety, well-being, I would say it's currently like topic that is for every company, you know, like uh, this physical and mental well-being. But yeah, uh, this this five, I would say. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work to do for everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> we need to um, bring the, the game to the next level to be able to have all of these topics so or, or at least aware of those and then move forward, right? Exactly. Like, as I said, like you surely, you know, when you are starting with a topic, you cannot, you know, like uh, go and take all of them because you do everything and nothing. But decide what is your focus and, you know, then start mm -hmm. by smaller steps with different and different activities, different in different topics. Um, you know, like if you, your company is really like more, com, uh, more classic, you know, like traditional company, you, know, you shouldn't start maybe with LGBTQ plus topic. So it really depends and going, what I was saying discussing and finding where you are the same word diversity actually connected you and how to discuss and take it further maybe where you differ more and more yeah if i understood you well from from the case you mentioned on the uh, on the orchestra uh, uh, that that maybe because i i've seen that some companies and in, in i was I've been working in hospitality sector in one startup in digitalization, but I know that some companies are starting something called customer advisory boards. So imagine that in the context of inclusion and diversity, they can have like kind of a board or a group of people from diverse groups or and and then they kind of are a board that the C-level people can consult different topics uh, on, on each of these Uh, diversity issues so do you see that this could be a common practice to have this kind of board advisory boards of of representations of different groups and so on or yeah how do you feel it could be the best way to because maybe hiring is not that simple right because uh, so but maybe if you have some advisors or something like that maybe it's simpler or yeah 
Yeah, surely that can be one step that you mentioned. It's it's really great. Also, what I see as a good step that some companies are doing. You know, usually when you mention diversity and inclusion, it's the HR topic. You know, like it's for this department. So, what is also a good move for a company is uh, have a DNI council or DNI employee resource group where you have you know ambassadors for DNI from different departments for you know like uh, different parts of your company and you will have a like natural diversity there and those people will help you to drive the topic those people will help you to recruit people for the workshops and do all the awareness you know if you know like everyone of that uh, group tells at least to two colleagues about you know like something and they start to discuss unconscious biases you know like slowly it really changes and um, so that that's one and what you were mentioning actually we see a lot of also uh, in Lumus uh, because like Lumus is a group of uh, female angel investors and we are approached by startups who want to diversify their cap table they want uh, different investors and mainly in the beginning because as you said like if you have diverse group of investors in the beginning you much better understand the needs of the customers and you will have much diverse intros to future customers to to you know and but also a few different knowledge so yeah that's also a good step what you mentioned and i would just uh say that we see this also uh, in Lombos that we are more and more approached uh, from startups, from tech startups that they need diverse uh, cap table. Great. So maybe I will take this as a sad way to, uh, to the other topic of, that you are working with, right? So you mentioned you are as Lumos investment. So you are connecting female angel investor with startups and and yes, you're mentioning bringing diversity to the cap table of, of companies. So, uh, yeah, can you tell us what is Lumus and yeah, how are you working into this area? Yeah, so um, why actually Lumus started and um, why we are doing what we are doing? Because we really believe that if you have a much diverse, you know, investors, you will have um, startups or diverse teams at startups funded and then you will have the whole ecosystem diverse you will have more women studying stem you will have products serving female market if you you know see you know the wall you know pills uh, or you know any medicines they are usually tested and designed for men for for male body um, so yeah, we start, uh, and what we, what we choose as kind of like our main mission is to have more female angels because we, we think that by that we change, you know, the next steps, like based on one report from 2021, uh, in CE region, like central and Eastern Europe, only 2% of founders who were funded were like female founders, 6% were diverse founders. And the rest, like 92%, were like male uh, founders. So this is kind of why we do it and what is our mission. And we have also like three main pillars. So first one is, you know, like providing the investment opportunities. So we are scouting and analyzing investment opportunities and then sending it to our, to our members. We have currently around 350 plus 
um, investors, in like majority are women, but we have also men um, and who are active. Uh, most of them uh, is based in Central and Eastern Europe, but like some of them are also from the region by but based in Asia or America or Africa, but they want to be connected with the region. So first pillar is investing or providing investment opportunities. The second is education. Um, when we did research in the beginning, uh, one of the biggest obstacles that we observed among women was the, the lack of education. So we designed a, a course that it's called Hello Future Investor and is providing the fundamentals of angel investing. It's designed not just for, again, not just for women, but also for men. So like education. Uh, and then the last one of this is community. So we are doing regular community meetups, mainly physical now um, in, in cities we are based and currently also searching for ambassadors or discussing ambassadors, ambassadorship uh, with different women uh, and in different cities in Europe. So uh, this is what, what we do. Okay, and how is it going into this process for you? What is maybe what is the milestone you you are most proud of till now? So till now, we nearly have all already like ten investments. We we are on the market for three years, uh, and we also like the first investment is already exited. Uh, so um, in terms of like you know. Uh, investment opportunities and the startup that we really funded. I, I think that we can be really proud of the number. Um, we are not fund, so don't imagine that we have, you know, ready money. When we do this, you know, like analysis, uh, we send it to the network and they decide how much they invest. What I actually didn't mention is that we really try to democratize the angel investing. So the minimal ticket is 3,000 euros. And why? Because you know, when you, you you usually imagine under the angel investing the ticket around 10,000, 20, 30,000 euros. And if you want to do, you know, like 10 of them, you need like kind of already bigger amount of money. But if the minimal ticket is 3,000 euros, like for 10, you need 30,000 euros, which I, will, I don't want to say is like few money, but it's, you know, not so big uh, as in the first case. Uh, and based on the statistics, one of 10 investments usually work out and cover you like all the other investments. So, uh, so yeah, um, we are also trying to democratize uh, the world angel investing. Okay. And uh, are the startups that are part of the portfolio also being evaluated as being diverse? Or yeah, how do you come to support one of these startups? What is the process behind it? Uh, uh, we, you know, usually have diverse founders. And if we don't, we try, you know, to help them to get the diversity into the team. Like you really starting from the board or investors helps you because, you know, when you are hiring new people into the startups, you ask your investors and they don't have anyone in the network. So thanks to that, we also diversify their teams. Uh, and um, the startups that we fund, uh, are usually, you know, connected with, with the region. So they are based in the Central and Eastern Europe or the founders are from here or they are actually tackling, um, you know, like the gender diversity topics. For example, we have one startup that is based in UK. It's called 
called RollShare and is helping you to, you know, do share roles at companies. So to create not just part-time, but for example, eight hours uh, work week. Uh, so they help companies to share the working roles. So we're sharing working spot or places. Uh, or we have one Israeli startup that is tackling ADHD among children. Uh, and I don't want to say it's uh, that it's like, um, you know, like a female um, issue, but usually like, you know, like uh, women are taking care of, of children and, you know, like um, staying sometimes home if needed. Got it, got it. And in this company, your role is as a partnership director, right? So what does it mean for you in the day-to-day? -day? So you are finding these deals or, or yeah, what is your specific role? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, you know, like we are four founders uh, and what I really see as a huge, before I answer your uh, your question, what I really see as a huge um huge uh, plus that you know like you have four people who 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 try who and who want their business to grow you know usually you have like two co-founders so it's really great because you know like the work is distributed much better uh, and people have like high motivation to 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 throw to to try with to grow with um Uh, like my role is partnership management, but at the end of the day, like all big decisions, like we do together, like uh, even like when we invest into startup, like all four of us have to be in to we invest and process. Like we have like a lot of startups that like three, three were in, but you know, it was not all of them. Uh, so uh, what I wanted to say, like, yeah, that it's a partnership management, but in the end of the day, like there is a lot of work that we do together and partnership management. You can imagine that we are, you know, having partnership with other VC funds and sharing pipeline or accelerated programs being there as a jury. So everything that can help and bring us, you know, pipeline and, and recruit new startups. Great. Right. So Yeah, um, maybe I will diverge a little bit about the angel investment part and, and, and talk about, yeah, this part of partnership for you. So imagine if you as a, as a startup, uh, every startup needs to have some level of partnerships in the, and collaborate with other organizations. So uh, how do you structure this collaboration with companies and yeah how is ba basically just go to networking events and and try to to find win-win collaborations between companies or yeah how do you structure these partnerships yeah um, um it's um more in the end of the day like Like we started uh, with like bigger campaign for partnerships, and uh, but then we came to the conclusion that we want to focus on like five stable partners and work with them. So I would say like, currently we have like a few partnerships and focusing on them um, because like each partnership is and mainly in the investing ecosystem it, um, needs to be you know developed properly and uh, be. Uh, cared for so yeah as you mentioned like we have few partners we we try to you know be in touch with them on a regular basis go for networking invite them for our um, our events our meetups so 
I would say like this is the this is the main. But we started with actually with a massive or bigger campaign, and and we learned we learned by doing. And currently, like we rather focus on on five stable partners. Great. Um, yeah. Now maybe on this process, of course, as you you mentioned, you are learning on the go, right? Or <laughs> what what to go, and of course, kind of arriving to consensus with with your co-founders about what to move. So do you have any specific resources like podcasts, uh, books and stuff like that that you follow and that can help other aspiring entrepreneurs into into this area of it could be about diversity and inclusion or it could be about angel investing or it could be of another topic that you are passionate about as well. Yeah, I am like uh, you know, like uh, lightly laughing because like I'm listening a lot about parenting <laughs> currently. Uh, you know, like a lot of podcasts about <laughs> how to be uh, good enough parent. Uh, but if I should talk more about business podcast, um, I would recommend Harvard Business Review. They have an amazing podcast that is tackling like current business topics. Uh, from HR to AI, um, so Harvard Business Podcast. Mm, from profile that I am following is Female Invest. Um, they have amazing Instagram, uh, doing like a lot of awareness about gender gender gap in investing, and they they do not angel investing, but they do the financial management in general because you know like gender or angel investing is like small part of investment and you surely don't do it as your first investment mm -hmm. uh so they do it like from bigger perspective like uh like to this how to distribute money um so these these two uh, are from business that i am usually listening and then i i really love the the interviews of kai, kai oh, i cannot remember now his name um, never mind. So I would say this too. Scott Galloway. Oh, Scott Galloway is <laughs> uh, a guy I'm also listening sometimes. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, and yeah, maybe since you are talking about as a two last points for today, so I will switch as well on your uh, on your parenting uh, advice and <laughs> podcast that you are listening to. So. <laughs> Yeah, if someone is is a woman entrepreneur and having kids, so what is what what are the resources that maybe they should listen as as you are trying to to find the best way to to raise your your kids? <laughs> yeah, I am I am a huge fan of um, Good Inside with Dr. Becky. Uh, she has uh, amazing book. I actually received this book as a Christmas gift last last Christmas, and then I started to follow her like Instagram and also Spotify. And she is really like the good inside theory is that you know like any reaction you have, you should think that you are good inside. You are a good inside parent. You are a good inside child. Even you know they are screaming on you that they hate you. We are not at that phase because he is just two years old, but maybe <laughs> no in the future so this is what what i am why i am her huge fan and also she's talking all about the breaking the the cycle you know we had some uh some parenting uh that was given to us uh and we really consciously have to change 
um, the habits and the natural elections that are coming to us while we are you know, parenting and bringing up our children if we want to break the cycle, if we want to really work with the emotions of our children. So Dr. Becky, I am a huge fan of her. <laughs> Good, thanks for that. Um, maybe last question for today. So uh, I think that all of us, since we are kind of passionate about a subject, right? So we kind of having one or two beliefs that maybe are kind of contrarian to the status quo or, uh, or, or what is currently happening in, in different parts of, of our work, right? So do you have any, well, apart from what I think the entire subject of <laughs> diversity and inclusion is a big topic that is is challenging the status quo, right? Or even the changing the cap table. But do you have any other belief into that maybe can be contrarian for the status quo we are now? Mm. No, I would I would really say that um, it's connecting with the diversity because you know once we create an environment where everyone can thrive and grow when we really understand the nature of of their diversity we will create a society that is much more inclusive where you know like everyone uh can uncover their hidden potential so this is kind of why i am working of both projects that are in some way connected on their way and that's that's huge work and it's one one thing why I am also a um, huge advocate, for example, for the gender diversity is that I, I have a I have a son and I feel huge responsibility to bring him bring him up in a way he's he's aware of, of this topic and why why it's needed. Okay. So thank you very much, Susanna, for your time today. So uh, how can people reach you out and maybe talk more about this topic or join you as an angel investor for Lumus or or getting to know more about the, your services in BID Human? Yes, so for both you have like websites like bidhuman.com or lumusinvestment.com um, and lumusinvestment.com you have a sign-up form if you want to join our community. Uh, we are not charging for it. So you can join and, and wait for your uh, first angel investment with us. Uh, and uh, yeah, I am uh, active actually only on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can follow me on LinkedIn, Zuzana Zamborska. And I am trying to share for both topics from diversity and inclusion is usually in Slovak and uh, about angel investing or almost I'm usually sharing in English. So yeah, this the this social network I am using, not not any other but yeah, feel free to connect me there or reach out there. Happy to happy to chat. Okay. So once again, so thank you very much, Suska, for your time and all the best in your both projects, uh, the work at home as well with the baby, <laughs> and that everything goes well for you. Thanks a lot, Ricardo. And thank you for everyone for listening. <laughs> See you. See you. Thank you very much for joining us. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. Feel free to share with your friends and looking forward to seeing you next time.